progress. All right. Good day. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So today we're catching up with, yes, yet another new guest co-host. And we might be talking a little bit on the business front because, well, let's be real. We keep it on health, business, and lifestyle, over 400 shows. And I love to hit on all three domains. And what I've found over the years is that even if I bring in a very high-performing influencer in the business and entrepreneurial space, you'll find that they may actually know a couple things about a healthy lifestyle. So it's become a natural balance. And I also want to remind people that what keeps this economy going, at least for anybody who's a U.S. citizen listening to this show, I know we have people around the world listening, uh, you'll find out that most businesses that are running this economy are small to mid-sized businesses. So I love geeking out with fellow influencers. And this gentleman has one hell of a background. I mean, guys, we're talking about spreading across philanthropy, ministry, activism, medicine. Uh, this guy seems to be hitting on some extreme levels of influence. I mean, we're talking about brands around Nike, Virgin, just in case you ever heard those names before. Uh, and part of his core of his brand is around taking on new ground or, you know, takenewground.com. But the tagline that really caught me when I got his information was, let's turn leader shit. That's right. I said shit, into leadership. And as a marketing guy, I love that, what does it say, play on words. So he might know a little about leadership coaching. That's why we're talking today, training, consulting, et cetera. He's on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Adrian Kaler, sir, welcome to the show. Scott, great to have, great to be here, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. And solid work and I'm, on I'm, the beard. I'm, I am, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I'm pleased to be a co-host. So I'll just take, I'll turn this ship wherever the hell I want it. That's right. That's, that's the beauty of it. You actually have freedom. God forbid. <laughs> God forbid. Anyway, it's great to be here, man. Love it. Love well, the vibe here. Love the conversation. And thank you for taking uh, a serious influence in your audio quality while well done on the microphone. I can't tell you how many people... I've had to coach on that, and it's just sure. refreshing when I don't even have to worry about mentioning it, but I like to sing praise when it's due. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, well thank you, Chad Brown, who's on my team and tells me what to buy. <laughs> yes, microphones aren't cheap, right? So, no. No. The good ones, anyway. So Yeah. But that being said, so you guys have been busy. Uh, I know yeah. that you, you guys, you came in through one of these new, I like to quote, quote them, uh, podcasting agencies or booking agencies, right. which back when I started the show, I did everything myself and then got into a VA thing. And then all of a sudden these agencies start popping up. So as a guy sure. heavily into the sales and marketing world, it's kind of refreshing. It does make it a little bit easier, but I'll find out that not every agencies are created equal. Not everybody understands how to probably put together a bio, let alone their background, let alone align with the messaging of the show. And when they sent me yeah. you, I was like, Oh dude, after I saw the website, then uh, your podcast, I was like, okay, he and I can have some fun. I think this would be a good Yeah, show. man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. So one thing that really just stood out to you, I'm going to jump right in here. You guys obviously like to talk about leadership, specifically fearless leadership. And yep. as a former hotshot wildland firefighter, because you don't know my entire background, I left the corporate world, went and did that, published a book about it last year, uh, just because I wanted to, and then I started a charity, so I knew you and I would understand philanthropy. And- yep. One of the biggest things I learned from wildland firefighting with the federal government all over the West on one of those elite hotshot crews was you have to fall in line, very militaristic, but and you have to follow certain guidelines, rules, policies, et cetera, especially to protect each other's lives. But there's also a certain accountability, a certain responsibility under self-leadership. 
which mm-hmm. I, that was one of the key things that stood out about your background and what you influence. And I wanted to geek out with you yeah. just to kick that off. I don't template the show, but yeah, I man. wanted to at least start there. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, tell me whenever you, you thought about, so when you started thinking about your background as a hotshot firefighter, which is awesome. Um, and then focusing in on the self-leadership side of it. Tell me, I'm guessing there's like a, a moment or two that come to mind naturally where that was a, you found yourself at that, the crux, mm-hmm. like that there's shit going down. I'm, I'm assuming that high levels of danger. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get my shit straight, I can't be anything to any other people. Like, is there a moment that pops out for you? Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah. one, one of what, one of the things about my background when I did that was I was considered the old guy on the crew and I was only 31. Because I, I, you know, I was in the corporate monkey space and then hated it and then you know, left it all sure. behind, you know, paying my yes. way through school, all, right. all this stuff. So there was already like, and I, I had taken courses on leadership. I had managed, coached, sure. and developed people professionally. Right. All that meant jack shit mm-hmm. <laughs> when I got hired onto a federal wildland firefighting crew. They're like, yeah, yeah your, your, your BS in, in marketing and psychology could care less. Um, yeah. All the years and people you managed could care less. Uh, yeah. Their exact quote rookie year was, all we care about is hard work, and all we want to see out of you is asses and elbows, you know, bending over, digging in the dirt, and, and wielding chainsaws and fighting Mother Nature. Yeah. Coming into Snooky year, second year rookie, this is where I'll align on your question. It was, yeah. okay, now you got some experience under your belt. Yeah, the crap you saw rookie year, you're still going to see a lot more crap, you know, Snooky year. That's why we call it a second year rookie, because you're still not truly, like, legit. Uh, but you've definitely seen a lot. And then when you're, like, standing down walls of fire, or just staring at them, hoping you don't have to stand them down. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. there's colleagues on your crew that you've learned to bond with, but there's new dudes who might have come on that year. And as the older guy on the crew, and it doesn't always have to be age-related, your, your leadership is looking to you to also yeah. step up on your own. They're not saying that in front of the other guys. They're expecting it. And when right. you start recognizing that, it's like, wait a minute. Okay, yes, they are. That's the level of command. But there's a responsibility that I bring on, not just with age, but also experience that we need to cross pollinate across everybody else on the crew because we're risking our lives together. And that's, right. that was one of those first epiphanies, especially on a fire in 2011 where it was literally a wall of fire and it changed directions and started coming at us. And we had to about face and speed hike out of that area. Uh, to a yep. safety zone until that basically blasted over the road, caught the other forest on fire. And we went back in that night on night operations to try and get under control because it was just too dangerous to do during the day. And yep. that was one of the first moments when you asked that question that kind of stood out to me. It was like, okay, guys, but, you know, you got to dial it in, man. You got to get it together yep. because we need each of you to have your focus. Right on. Yeah. I mean, we think about, I mean, we're, uh, we're distinct. We love being distinct. We don't do what most consulting companies do. Um, we don't do what most coaching companies or training companies do. Most of that shit's boring and useless. Um, and, well, and what they do is usually provide formulas that, that gesture at results. Um, we don't mess around with three very distinct conversations. One is we do care about results. That's what people are paying for. Something new that's happening that wasn't happening before. So we get really clear on that. And how do we do that? Well, leadership, if we could talk about what leadership is for a long time, um, but at least we know leadership is getting results through other people. We know that. Like, yes. it, like Otherwise, that's not leadership. It's something else. It's performance maybe, or if it's, it's uh, you know, uh, operating, it's executing, something like that, which there's lots of issues, uh, even in moments like you're describing where 
if you see yourself as a soul entity and and I've in lots of work with my clients, they struggle because as they've if they've risen through the ranks or they used to be a part of a team and now are out on their own, maybe starting their own company or risen up and now leaving at a higher level, they must stop being personally excellent as a focus. Mm-hmm. Now my job is to scale that conversation with a team, which is much more complex and much more vulnerable if you do it really well. So getting results through others, team leadership is the second bucket, you know, generating new results, you know, enrolling a team. And but we spend most of our time on this topic, which is self-mastery or self-leadership. Mm. Mostly because uh, it is blind for most people. Most people live in a I am this conversation about themselves with the world which is a really horrible invitation, both for the person and the team around them. Because if I am fill in the blank, that means that, I mean, first off, you're agreeing with Freud, who was, <laughs> had some ideas right, but he cursed humanity he, it, with his philosophy that we are an etiological being. I am, the, I am the effect and I am not the cause. Mm. Our history is cause via Freud. And so if I am a certain way, then we're all screwed, man. It, it's just it, uh, this, I'm a baked like I'm done yeah. and just either it works or it doesn't work and either get along with me or don't get along with me. And I'm just stuck. You know, I'm a fixed mindset. I am a, you know, fixed personality theory, whatever you want to call it, instead of a growth mindset, which has been obviously very popularized or a dynamic view of self. Right. So, and so all of our work is really the hidden conversation that we don't say out loud a lot is our work is really on the study of becoming. Now, this is the most romantic notion that humans have ever known. Like, this is why we watch movies. We watch the guy, the unlikely hero, stand up, you know, and take on adversity, take internally, externally, come through, save lives, change people's worlds. That's your stories. That's, I mean, those are heroic stories. They are a study of becoming. We talk about leadership that way, like who someone is. And are they willing to, are you willing to have an aim for who you are and your impact beyond what you've seen in the past? That takes some balls. And most people aren't up for that. They would just rather do incremental change that's justifiable. Mm. I don't want to put my neck out too too far. I don't want to, you know, if you're if I'm that guy and the fire comes, am I looking around to see who's going to step up? Or I am have I already preset that when the shit hits the fan, I'm the first guy. Yeah. And even in the face of adversity, the face of uncertainty, I will go generate answers instead of letting the world come to me or or you know, there is some hierarchy. I understand what you're saying. There's also, I'm not going to wait for permission to at least push the hierarchy. Like I want to be a force to be reckoned with, with my good intent. Like mm-hmm. I'm here to make this thing happen. And will they, you know, do they need to work with me in a way that I'm going to hold, you know, Scott back. Scott is coming. Mm-hmm. He's going to step up. We only have to throttle down his leadership. Most people don't live like that. that. Most people live. <laughs> I bet. They're like, dude, Scott, we just need you to just, just work with our process. Like, (laughs) we know you got a lot of background. You know, you're not our normal, our normal rookie. (laughs) Yeah. But just, just roll with it for a little bit, (laughs) and then we'll, we'll ease some of that. And it was, it was humbling. Great. It was. Yeah. And it was a challenge, honestly. Yep. Sure. Because I was used to having this career experience and all this type of stuff, and it was like, okay, wait, I get to take a break and just chill. Which was yeah. after I got used to refreshing, but then right. soon enough going into second year, even though I'm still a snooky, all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, hey, if you can keep an eye on this new rookie and blah blah blah," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm not even in leadership." Like, yeah, but you're you're good. We we trust you. 
right? You've right. proven yourself already. That was yeah. that, ah, that, that aha moment. So, yes. Well, that's, that's, I mean, what I might, I've never said this before, but it is presence beyond what's the word I was thinking of position. You had presence beyond your position. Like you didn't have the position, but your presence was obviously way beyond the position you were at, mm-hmm. which is, you know, obviously that's just great feedback. It's like, you know, Scott, you're not that guy yet, but good. You are that guy. Actually. We just haven't given you the promotion. Yet. Oh yeah. It made me feel like crap when I, 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 so I figured I was meant to be, it became an adventure career for me. I knew that I was right. capable of doing so much more. No offense to, to firefighters out there. They do a lot in this world. I just knew that I had, all these other skill sets uh, that were not being tapped into and I could apply them in much better domains, right? Never planned back then launching a podcast or becoming an author or launching my own company yet, but that was all apparently in the works. (laughs) Yeah. I I get it. Your point is like, and again, in that world, they don't really coach uh, because I, I'm, I'm quoting for the uh, air quoting for the video watchers. They'll see it for the listeners. They're not going to see that, but it's like the coaching world it's hilarious because I have clients like, oh, how come you don't have coaching, you know, in your branding and in your website? I'm like, because I've worn so many coaching hats. I spent 12 years as a ski race coach in my free time coaching, you know, kids and working with ski race kids, like high level athletes in my free time. I coach cycling. I'm a, I'm a pretty damn good cyclist, mountain bike racer, et cetera, in my free time. I've done lots of coaching. I was a coach in the corporate world. They got rid of our managerial titles, trained us a lot, right? Lead together. All this stuff. But I was like, okay. And then sure. I started seeing all these, oh, I'm an 18-year-old business coach. Or uh, I'm sure you love those. <laughs> Actually, so let's great. pause on that. What are your thoughts on that? I don't want to bring age into it, but I'm like, do you really have that much experience to be coaching and developing other people yet? Just yeah. throwing that out well, there. It's a, yeah, well, it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, I've never, I've never decided to really care about what my competition is doing. True. You know, I mean, they, people ask me all the time, like, Hey, who, which coach would you suggest? Or what are, what are other comparables? And my real answer is I don't look at all. I don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. And yeah. so if some 18 year olds got some chops, I mean, you know, so there's kind of mentoring and coaching. So 18 mm-hmm. year old obviously can't be a mentor because he's not been there before. And a great mentor has been there before and can show the ropes and share yep. the journey and blah, blah, blah. And da, 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 da. there is a possibility that 18 year old could coach. Um, but yet it depends on coach whom, you uh-huh. know, so good point, you know, definitely, definitely could coach somebody around there that have been or have in their world, been there before, um, you know, and, and at least in my, when I, so let's see, I've been at this, I don't know, over a dozen years or so now, and I'm 42 now. So I started when I was 30, I started out coaching people around my age, mm-hmm. which were all kind of middle manager people and then eventually got you know, moved into a corporate and I, my first corporate get, uh, contract with this, was with this multinational architecture firm. And all of a sudden I'd gone from doing like a free thing as you do free shit. At least I always did free shit just to get in the door yep. and, and would say, Oh, I'll do this. If the senior VP is in the room and I can meet with her afterwards. Yes. And, you want those free. influencers. As as, yep. As long as she's there and I get one-on-one time with her afterwards and it worked. Uh, and I got a contract for like f- coaching 14 vice presidents, all of which 10 to 15 years older than me hmm. and a lot more boring. They're all architects. So like it didn't really go that well just because I was pretty bored um, all over the world. So I could get, you know, there was a 15 year gap. And when people looked at my history, you know, I've never had a corporate job, nor would I want one. And I'd get fired I'll second since I've already been there. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just not a corporate guy. Yeah, I'm really not, you know, and I could, I don't know. 
probably if you craft out something unique or specific, I could maybe hang for a while. But like, I just break rules. I'm not that interested in hierarchy. Um, I tend to be loud. Um, tend to have opinions. Wait, are you trying and to say look- you don't like to fall in line? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay. Uh, yeah. Apparently, it takes uh, some of us uh, a few years and a few uh, hats that we thought we wanted to wear to realize yeah. we didn't want to wear them. And then you make the shift. So I say kudos that you at least recognize that early enough uh, to help you craft your path of influence. Because like a lot of us didn't know. And we're like, oh, well, that's where we're supposed to go. I'm going to go that way. And I'm a guy who grew up yeah. on a farm, dude. Like I'm the first person in my family that I paid my way, did the whole collegiate thing. Uh, am I using it? No. I mean, technically, I have yeah. a marketing company and I have a marketing degree. But actually, yeah. I'm using the psychology. I, I, I always tell people, I actually mentioned that in the book too. I was like, because I, I love people like uh, Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs Guy. Yeah. I agree. We have a massive loss of high-level talent because people are stuck in school thinking they need this English degree or math degree, and then they're just going to go sure. work in the business world. And I'm like, dude, go work in the business world. The degree's yeah. not going to change. Go start. Right? And then yeah. they can find great helpers like you. Companies are going to hire top talent to m- mature and grow that talent. So whether you yeah. have a degree or not, yeah, I, I got age. Yeah. 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 So totally. Yeah. I, I, um, there's so many points here that I care about, but yeah, I, you know, it's partially, I guess what I was going to say, I mean, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Illinois and both my parents were school teachers. If, if I had had like a corporate dad or mom, I might've gone that way. It just wasn't seen. I just know that they worked for, they did a, the same job for 30 years and hated it for most of it. And I knew I didn't want that, right? I just I heard the complaints at the at the dinner table every night around students, around parents, around. It's not a good molding experience, yeah. Uh, No, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew what I didn't want to do, which is to like sign up for some job that fifteen years from now it'll pay off in a retirement. I know that is a formula for doom, Hmm. you know, for despair because you just got to hold on tight. That's all I think of when you say that. I just think of right on, yeah, right on. I'm just, I was telling my son, he's nine, um, in the car yesterday, coming back from the golf course. And we're talking, what are we talking about? Somebody, we wanted to buy something or he wanted to buy something. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? No, I don't know if this store would be worth anything. We actually stopped by the grocery store and, um, I said, hello, sir, to the security guard. Hmm. And I paused, um, because security guard is sitting down, not paying attention, makes eye contact with me. And I said, hello, sir. And I was talking with him. Scout's my boy's name. We were walking to the car and I said, hey, why do you think I did that? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, because you want to give people honor. And he Common felt respect. good about it. He yeah. felt good about that. And this guy makes 15 bucks an hour. And so what's the best thing you could do is pay this guy some respect. I said, I make. And I told him how much I make an hour. I mm-hmm. said, you see the difference? Yeah. So I can I can slow down and say, you know. Respect this guy. See, I believe every story has value. And so I will I will reinforce your, your quick side story it has validity because there's a lot of pe- a lot of us out there that we feel like, again, me, I wanted to chase the corporate dreams because, oh, that's where the big salaries were. And mm-hmm. then they just start stacking more responsibility on with sometimes lacking training. Some companies had great training. Some companies were smart enough to bring in influencers from outside the company to grow sure. the talent pool. Uh, actually, I'll give a quick shout out. For, I've, I've done it before on the show. Uh, T-Mobile USA. 
huge company in the, in the wireless market uh, owned by Deutsche yep. Telekom in Europe. So when they came here, they acquired the company that I was working for years ago. And they're the ones who turned us from management into coaches. And they had us go to Nashville, Tennessee, brought in this big outsourcing company. And I got to tell you, they did a great job. Uh, because yeah. then I went back to school on nights and weekends and started studying psychology. And I was connecting to a lot of the stuff that they were doing. So that's why I always reinforce with people like, again, I'm not anti-college or anti-university, but if you're obviously chasing scientists, like my wife, she's a large animal veterinarian, a horse doctor, and she's a doctor cool. of chiropractic, very smart woman. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you might have to go to school to figure out how to cut into a horse. Just saying. I mean, <laughs> you I better. Don't know. You could wing it on the farm. Might not go well. <laughs> So, uh, but like psychology, for example, to this day, I still pull so much from a lot of what I learned. And to this day, I geek out. I'm constantly, when I'm traveling on business, I'm constantly consuming audiobooks and podcasts. And I always uh, bring up a good percentage of psychology. But I love that little, yep. that little mindset piece you taught your son because it should not matter what someone does for a living. I mean, mm -hmm. I, was, I was dropping off a. Uh, this apparently this is old school. I told this to a friend and I'm like, it should be consistent. Uh, the people pick up the trash and, and the recycling. Um, yep. It's already worked in the township we live in. It's already whatever paid for through our mortgage, whatever. But I was like, Hey, I go buy the gift cards and I, I tape them to the trash bins uh, down on the road. And cool. my wife was like, what are you doing? And she's five years younger than me. I'm like, I'm, I'm thanking them for their service. She's like, yeah, but they're already paid. I said, no, 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 it's the holidays. And it's a dirty job. So somebody's yeah. got to do it, classic quote. But also yeah. I made sure in the, I, 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 did, I do little personal notes. I say, I don't know each of you. I was like, but thank you for your service. And, and to you, I don't care who I'm walking up to, miss, mister. I always show respect whether they're older or even younger. I don't care. It's just common yeah. respect and communication. And I think that just drops people's walls right yeah. off the bat. And then yeah. I'd rather, I like to, I like to wait for that person and then say, oh, dude, I'm not a mister or I'm not a missus. Just call me John. Just call me Pete. Then great, right? We, now we've opened the conversation up. So, right on. Yeah. yeah. Good on you. Well, yeah. Well, and, and part of the punchline with Scout is because I'm, I'm talking with him about, you know, what he wants, what he thinks he wants to do. And I, you know, I think all that, like content wise, like what am I actually doing? I think that's for later. Mm -hmm. I think now it's building in a worldview, like the fact that you can go create your own path. Yes. You know, his answer is right now he's going to go join the NFL. Great. Um, I mean, good luck. I mean, I'm like 5'10 <laughs> or something, so good luck. The, I was say, how's the gene pool? I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. I, 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 don't know. Really I didn't know your height until just now. So I worked really hard. Yeah. Um, but th that was the best I could do and barely get to D3 football. But the, you know, for him, it's like, hey, man, you can actually create your own path, but you got to like do something that blows people's minds. If you do that, you make a lot of money. If you do something that's as, just like everybody else, you'll make okay money. If you do something that's not as good, then you're not going to make much. Then you got to go work for somebody else. So, you know, I'm just building in his worldview and actually like treating him most of these, like, I don't know what people call everything that has to do with emotions. They call it soft skills, mm -hmm. which is, I think, ways to devalue them. Yeah, I but agree I call with them, you. Because like, people them, think soft, it's symbolic of weakness. And that's not right true. Right on. That's not true. Yeah, I, in our work, we call it vital competencies. Like, this is Very where nice. life is. Like, the, the connection between two humans, that's where life is, period. I mean, we can have a transaction, but we're not going to have a future together unless we like each other. Yeah. Or we get some vested interest and we get shared interest together. And actually, oh, you know what? I really trust Scott. I get this guy. Even if, I, even if we want different things. And I... And I get you and you, we might be on the other sides of the table, but it's like, man, I get this dude. He's a real deal. 
Now that's vital. That's like truth telling and that's really listening and that's presence and all the things that you naturally show up as. Which you need to have basic communication skills and AKA some soft skills wired into that. Are you actually, I love this statement, which is definitely lacking in the modern era. Pause number one, and then active listening, active Mm -hmm. listening. I'm sure you guys probably hit on that. Yeah. I mean, we rarely do like, hey, here's the five steps to active listening. We no, rarely do that no. kind of, you know. Yeah, the, but that, that, that but was vital it, skill sets, you know, especially. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. I was just I was just in New York this last week with a a uh, a family business. They've got about $2 billion under assets. It's uh, uh, real estate. Mm-hmm. And it's a mom and a dad and four sons and two son-in-laws. And we could go in there and teach around. Um, you know, how to run a family business. Um, or we could actually invite them to go do it in real time, which is our style. We're like a the push people off the high dive type. I so like that's that. why like we're not birds that's why we're young not, out of the vet, out of the nest, you know, just just, just get yeah, in. Yeah, let's just do it. What what do you guys not want to talk about? We're gonna be together for two days. I don't know what you don't want to talk about yet, but if we get there, this will be worth a lot more to you. So what do you not want to talk about? Let's start there. And people are I'm like, yeah, I know. It's okay, you're gonna die. I know you're going to die. Let's just die fast. That's why I'm an adrenaline so, junkie nut. I, I've to this day, I, I, I tell people my success is one of those, one of those basic fundamentals. Not everybody's born into being an adrenaline junkie, but like, I mean, right. I, I proposed my wife skydiving for God's sakes. Our wedding was heli skiing in Banff, Canada. And you don't have Amazing. to be quote, Richie rich to do these things. It's called set your goals and go for it. Uh, but yep. it's, what you just hinted at there, it's being, you got to push yourself to the edge, to those points yeah. of being uncomfortable. And if you don't know how to do that, then bring in experts like yourself, right? Because, yeah. or surround yourself, right? They tell people, what's the quotes now, a uh, product or the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Very, very true in business as well. Over the years, yeah. I keep leveling myself up. My business yep. level communications weekly are with CEIOs. Yes, I still yep. work with. Uh, I'll still work with some management level people and below because I'm trickling things down throughout the companies that I'm working with. But in the end, yeah, if this was 15, 20 years ago, I wasn't that confident about <laughs> sitting down with CEIOs and telling them what I thought. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Well, that's probably why. Back to your question, I don't know, ten minutes ago about can an eighteen-year-old pull it off? Mm. I mean, probably not. Only because. They've probably, they've learned, I mean, whatever, if they're going to be a coach, they've gone to somebody, they, they probably paid somebody some money to learn a process and that's fine. Uh, but they probably don't have the courage nor the ability or the wherewithal to hang in the uncertainty of the moment. They've got a script Yep. and they can work a script. Uh, but they probably don't have much presence because they probably haven't failed enough. Yeah. And if you fail really hard. They may actually have a good baseline of knowledge. Maybe whoever coached them or helped them launch their new coaching business might have actually given them a lot of great knowledge, right? So they yep. could be on book or on paper actually sharing some great nuggets, uh, hopefully yep. from whatever mastermind they're in, whatever. Like, But one thing I've learned over the years from when I've hired coaches or when people have had me, quote, coach or work yep. with them, it is every good coach should have a coach, right? Should have somebody above them. And when you've exhausted those resources, don't be afraid to look elsewhere and grow beyond. And then pass somebody else, you know, onto that coach who spent years working with or whatever it may be. Uh, So I think that's another basic, important fundamental. Uh, I think, I'm sure you guys have also come across that in your practice as well. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, the guy that coached me now runs my coaching department. 
Very nice. The, you know, the guy that I hired that was my, when I ran the foundation, you know, they hired to go run the curriculum. Now he and I are business partners. I like it. And, and we're always, all. I mean, we're sharing nonstop. That's pretty um, cool. You know, what we're learning and, you know, he and I were in a room together just in New York this last weekend. And I, man, I'm taking notes on this guy. Like, I don't even get, I mean, the turn he made in the room, I would never have even seen it. And you guys are already working together and he still surprises you. Oh, nonstop. He surprises me. And I I don't need to go mimic him. I want to mimic the way he sees the world. I'm going to go stay myself. And he and I are going to talk about things distinctly and our moods are different. You know, and he's 67, I'm 42 and we're distinct on purpose. And he, you know, we're, but we're explicit about it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm here to, I'm here to, to, to retain and then expand as much of his legacy as possible because he's been a huge gift, one of my best friends ever in life. Wow. And he, and I'm his guy. Like, I, you know, he's he, I am his major investment point from his influence for the rest of however many, many more years we've got with him. So we're on, we're unapologetic about that. But man, I want to get what he gets, not teach what he teaches. If that distinction makes sense. I definitely get that. Yeah. Because again, I think that's a mistake that I, I even fell into years ago was I, once I had a great mentor, I started, I don't want to say mimicking, but mirroring. Sure. Um, and yeah, it's natural. It's natural. And then you realize, if, especially if the mentor is good enough, they're like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to be me. I just yeah. want you to absorb the, the techniques and, and recognize what's happening here. And then you yeah. have the professional responsibility to make it your own. Right and on. I think that goes, it brings back to, uh, and I'm hearing from you, is that importance of maintaining that individuality. Right. Not, not being so individual that you're afraid to be mentored, coached, and grown, but yeah. just re- reminding yourself that what you bring to the table is important. I used to make fun of myself. Right. I was like, uh, until I realized it was a good thing, I was like, oh man, I'm just one of those Scott of all trades years ago. Because I was, I had a buddy of mine that I used to ski race coach kids with. And he goes, dude, I don't understand what it is you do. <laughs> he goes, he's like, uh, the night before I had, we were having a scotch. Uh, and he was like, dude, you just ran off like 25 different jobs you've already done in your life. He's like, where'd you find time to do all that? I was like, one, I was single a long time. Uh, two, even when I had my corporate gig, I was bartending in my free time. I was a bouncer because I just like to stay busy. And I hadn't found something that could just suck up all of my energy just yet, right? So I just kept right. diversifying it and picking up skill sets. So yeah. it just made me more comfortable that to this day, I can pretty much stick myself into any situation, probably handle any kind of conversation thanks to those those, if you want to call them soft skills back in the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. Yeah. I mean, I've done, I, when I first got into coaching, I would hope, I would hope nobody would ask how, how'd you get into this? Cause I didn't like, cause I, you know, it wasn't an Accenture guy. wasn't an IBM guy. wasn't a Google guy. wasn't a blah, blah, blah. So therefore there's a natural thing. I'd been spending years doing a bunch of crazy weird shit, mm-hmm. you know, from like being a, a, an ICU nurse at the bedside when, when trying to keep a kid alive to, you know, running a uh, multi-million dollar foundation, working mostly tr- doing leadership training with murderers to taking teams to go overseas and, you know, or like when Haiti happened and like, I, oh, I yeah. was the guy, I was the guy that got the call. Hey, Haiti, you know, Hey, what are we going to do? And yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know. Give me, give me 10 minutes. And I'm, and all of a sudden, you know, a few days later, I'm on the ground with a set of doctors and, you know, and setting up a clinic and, that's pretty cool. And well, all that to say was like, I don't, I don't know, except for, <laughs> but people I'm going to go figure call. it out. 
I'm going to go figure it out. Like I'm the guy that figures it out. And even now, I mean, all my clients are all brilliant. They're all molt and probably um, exponentially smarter than I am. Mm -hmm. Well, again, you've been smart enough over the years to uh, keep increasing that circle of influence. And then also you get to now choose the kind of clientele you want to work with. That's something that I tried to slowly rub off to my wife. She has her own practice with a co-founder. And yep. when I first started dating her because of my years of sales experience too, I was like, Hey, I keep hearing you guys complain about these same two or three customers. Why don't you just fire them? Yeah. And it was like, you could hear a pin drop because no one had <laughs> ever said that to them because they're veterinary sure. doctors. And you know, from the medicine yeah. world, there's yeah. like, there's like this wall between a business mindset and a medical mindset. And it just does. Yeah. It's like, there's no pass through of education or communication. And I was like, yep. you guys own your company. I get yeah. it. You, you, you feel that you're worrying about the patient, but actually there's other veterinarians out there. It's called yeah. your competition. And if you, as if anything, and you don't like that competitor, great. Help that annoying customer go there. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like great. have a nice day. And, and then yeah. all of a sudden your stress comes down and now you're freed up to take on better paying clients who right actually pay for all your extra high end services and all these other things. It's only taken yep. about six, seven years out of our 10 years together to, help see that some of that come to fruition. Um, Somebody else probably had to say it, I'm sure. Well, yeah, because I'm the husband. So yeah, uh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I uh, <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. That's why we've uh, I'm glad you appreciate the the branding side of it. I mean, probably you know, it was a couple years ago. We just we just decided to just go all in on our style, which is like we're just the, the no bullshit crew. If you, yeah. you search you know, words on our website, take newground.com. You'd find bullshit. Yeah, I got to screen share than- that while you're saying that. Cause I just like the simple graphic there for the, for the YouTube watchers out there. Um, yeah. It's that simple. I mean, yeah. I love it. It's professional. And every, every, everybody that's leading gets it. Like there's a bunch of shit going down and mm-hmm. how do we, how do we turn this shit into something that's useful? Yeah. You know, so most assessments are bullshit. Most offsites are bullshit. Most coaching is bullshit. Why? Cause it is, yeah. it is. And I happen to be doing all those things that fit in those same categories for people, but I need to agree with the cynicism of my clients. And because I wouldn't trust me either because all these coach people or these trainer people or these leadership people, who the fuck are you? And what do you know? You don't know my world. I'm like, I do not know your world, True. but I know that I know that I, I warn them all. I said, if I'm, if, if I'm going to really believe in you, like I will, if if we're if you're my client, I'm really going to believe in you more than you believe in yourself because I'm not tied into all your imposter bullshit. Right. So I'm going to believe in you. That means I'm not going to believe you all the time. So I'm going to be the one that actually believes in you and calls you on your bullshit. I'm not here to p- prove anything. I'm here to actually cultivate your thinking. So I got to like test what's in the water. The the, the few when I, when I uh I because I, I love geeking out about brands and branding I've already hinted at that so the the few clients that I've uh, taken on in the past couple of years to really just overhaul their branding uh, I warned them from the get go I'm like I'm in I'm in vibe with you man I'm like FYI this is gonna be a kind of a tough love relationship and like <laughs> right on. what does that mean I'm like I'm probably gonna verbally uh, set you on fire and now Grant it's yeah. okay I'm a former firefighter Great. I'm gonna help you put it out but uh, I have a after I finished firefighting I had a massive again some people aren't into tattoos I have a 20 hour piece it is a phoenix tattooed on my back and Amazing. because that experience just tore me down and rebuilt me and yeah. I love the symbolism behind the Phoenix. It, it, you know, you're born yeah. again through fire and right. it's stuff like that. Like I, I now have uh, words that we were in our firefighting handbook, duty, respect, and integrity are tattooed on my ribs. I added those, yeah. did not tell the wife I did that. She was not happy. 
always communicate with your <laughs> wife. We were not married yet. <laughs> but these things just... Side note, side yeah, note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, throw in some wisdom in there. Yeah. But it's like, it's... And I realized, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, it's from my past. But my past should be passing forward into the, I don't live in the past, but I want to take no. the successes of my past adventures or career choices or those moments in fire and now pass them forward into what I'm influencing yeah. personally and professionally. And that's when like the yeah. light bulbs are going off and it's like, yes. And I realize if I'm taking on a client, they're getting some tough love and I'm yeah. going to tell them how it is and they may not like it, but that's right. I think it's my professional yep. responsibility. <laughs> Yeah, we call it fierce advocacy. I warn them all. It, it, this I I will talk about this every single time before somebody signs something, just because I've I've not done it before, hmm. especially early when I started when I was just trying to like make money and you know pay the bills. I'd sign anybody with a pulse, a little bit of money, and I didn't really care about the quality of the interaction. I mean, I cared at some level, but it wasn't like I was vetting for excellence. Hmm. I wasn't. I was looking to get clients. As I vet for excellence now, excellence and experience, both for me and for them, which. You know, I am a clean eye. If I don't like the person or if I don't have great chemistry with them or if I'm not going to like want to talk about them, then right. I'm not going to take them. Some of my team could have them or something, but I'm not going to. Good point. But my, you know, which is great. But every time before I sign something, I do tell them really unapologetically. First off, I'm a shot of whiskey. I'm not some kind of spritzer. So if you don't <laughs> like whiskey, you're probably not going to like me. There's no chaser with this guy. Like I am going to burn. Yeah. Number one. Number two, for just, and I tell them, I want you to know exactly where I'm coming from. I'm a fierce advocate. If we work together, I will be a fierce advocate for you. Like advocate, like help you get what you want. And it'll that be That is fierce. something I, I also live and abide by. I think if if I can't sing your praise throughout the process, uh -huh. even if we had just signed on the dotted line and we might be working together for the next six months to, to 18 months to two years, it is, or beyond. Yeah, there should be that common respect, and I should see like their vision with them. And it's like, oh yeah, I can see the viability here. I like this person. I like their brand. I like their company. Let's go. Uh, yep. Or else the passion from me is not going to go into it either. And then I feel like I'm not yeah. actually helping them enough. Yeah. If I get like a grungy feeling, I call it. If I, when I see they're uh -huh. on my on my schedule. I'm like, man, I, I need to fire. I need to let them go somewhere else, i.e. fire them, just mm -hmm. because I know I'm not in it. I can call myself to the surface. I can always do that. I can like talk myself into being present and listening. But man, I, I want it to matter. I, agree. I really want it to matter. And they deserve that, especially as you keep raising your prices. It's like if you're going to you know, charge that much, you really you know, need to be all in, not like a manufactured all in. Like yeah. I'd just rather it be visceral for me. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people... Uh, you, I think you, yeah, you had mentioned earlier the whole um, imposter syndrome. Yep. And I've reminded a lot of my friends that aren't even necessarily clients. I'm just, I'm just always dropping bombs their way because I care about them and their businesses. I'm like, guys, like, dude, you've put it in enough reps. You're doing well. Like, 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 own it. Don't be afraid to charge a little bit more. You're bringing way more talent to the table than your competition. Just step up and get out of your own way. And then all of a sudden, yep. they're making more money. They're putting out even better clientele, being even better customers. It just levels everybody up together. And I think yep. the sooner businesses can do that, and not just businesses, it could be foundations and charities and whatever the organization may be, maybe it's like that's going to help your team, your member, everybody involved, everybody involved. Yeah. So I love the fact yep. that you guys take that very seriously. We do. We do. I just tell them, you know, it's like you're going to feel like an imposter. That that happens. And it's, it's a good sign. It means you're going beyond what you know. Mm -hmm. That's all that's happening. You're not, you're you're exploring new terrains. Of course, your brain's going to do what your brain's wired to do, which is look out for trouble. Yeah. And you're going to like look internally and do I have what it takes? That's great. You that's fuel. Like, do I have what it takes? 
let's go find out, shall we? Yeah. And if you, you know, if you fail, fail hard, whatever, all that stuff. But, you know, imposter syndrome is a great indicator that you're doing the right thing instead of like where people and all they're like looking for a pacifier these days, like as a reason for me not doing it. Yeah, there won't be coddling. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it's no, it's because it's a matter of like you're trying to help people push through their fears and yeah. you know, on your end to become better leaders. Well, it's like, guys, yeah. like those your, your, your team beneath you and maybe it's an executive overseeing other executives. It's like, guys, like. They're looking to you for that. They might not have said it, but yeah. they need to respect you and follow you and grow with you. Maybe not follow you, grow with you. And right they got to know that you you got the strength and the power to push through that because they got their own fears they're working on too. Right. Which is really, a, a, it's it's honoring our convictions as much as our emotions. Most when the, the, the imposter syndrome is really, my feelings about what's happening matter more to me than my capacity. Hmm. Because, you know, I mean, I speak on lots of big stages these days. I sit in rooms, way, you know, huge, you know, conversations that have lots of dollar signs in the back end. <laughs> do, do, am I scared? Yes, I am. I, I am intimidated. I am insecure. I, all that shit's happening. I know it. I know it. When I'm on the airplane f- flying across the country, being paid good money to do X. All my shit's coming up. I'm not like surprised that it comes up for me. It's just a part of it. And I know it's coming and here it is. And so, you know, have I prepared enough and do I, am I willing to step up through the discomfort and go show up? And then once I get in the room, things are fine. And I know that I know once like minute two happens and they're human beings and they've got all their own shit and I'm less scared than they are. Now we're in good. Now we're, you know, now, now I can show up. Well, that's because you know, you've put in enough reps. And I love right how on. you said the word fuel before. I tell people all the time, you want a bigger fire, get more fuel on it. I tell people all the yep. time, you're seeing a, a valley out in California nuke off or out in Arizona. It's because it's probably 20, 30 years of built up fuel from Mother Nature and fire hasn't been in there in a while. And yep. yeah, it's a powder keg waiting to go off. So take that yep. into what else you're doing. I mean, use those emotions as fuel for the fire. And right on. you already said this, the one way to get better at it is you got to put the reps in enough like, like, again, I wasn't trying to rip on an 18 year old coach before, but like, if they've yeah. got a great baseline of knowledge, now all they got to do is keep it executing. Don't give up. Yep. Keep putting yep. the reps because now you're, now you're toughening that skin and you're, now you're exercising and you're learning. And then right. if you're good enough, man, in a couple of years, no one's even worried about that age. They're like, dude, yep. he could talk the talk. He could walk the walk. So he or she. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I dig it. I, I mean, the X factor for us is we continue to scale our company has always been around courage, not about competency. I mean, there's lots of smart people out there that know a lot about human beings and psychology and sociology and and phenomena, the philosophical background of our work, which is phenomenology. But but that's the easy part. Like knowing the book stuff is easy. Like having courage and conviction and being willing to be undone for the sake of another, that's the hard part. So I'll take an 18-year-old that's got enough of that and willing to learn and just willing to listen and mimic, to your point earlier, that's great. Come mimic me, but but you got to mimic the presence. You got to like attitudinally mimic. That's the harder part. So I'm with you. I know you're not dogging on 18 year olds, me either, but you guys better know exactly what's going on and you don't know what you're talking about. Um, but you can really, if you throw yourself at it, because you know, what you don't want to be is like, I need to wait until I'm 38 to then be qualified. Yeah. Well, no, no. put in the reps now. Put in the reps now. Yeah. Do it now. Look like a fool now. Oh, yeah. 
I, I had to learn that. I put the chapter. I put a chapter out on my book too, called "Vulnerability," because uh, awesome. if anything, the one risk, the one thing I didn't realize was adding firefighter later in my career uh, actually brought even more walls up, and I was like very lacking on the emotion front. And I've yeah. no, I, I, I'm completely transparent nowadays. I, I, I could say anything, do anything, which is very empowering. And yep. it's also helped me win my wife because, like, after one year of dating, she dumped my ass because she's like. I, I don't have the time for this. I can't get through to you. And obviously I want her back because we're married now. We've been together for 10 years. So it's like, yep. oh, okay. And apparently vulnerability is sexy. Now, obviously, you know, take that topic, though, and apply it into your business world. Imagine yep. how much power you can gain from that, just being a little bit more real and transparent. And that's what I'm hearing from you. And uh, 100%. And, 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 or it's vulnerability. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the, the willingness, because most people, especially if you're a leader, most people are assuming how you feel and they're probably seeing you act confident and they're, they're assuming that, and then they're feeling how they feel, which is they're less confident than you most likely. And then they seem like there's a huge gap between them and you and your job as a leader is to let them in mm -hmm. and let them know. I mean, I was just talking with a, a client today. She's making a big jump and she's in the corporate world. One of the kind of outliers for me, I work mostly with founders and CEOs. She's not, she's the future division lead for the for a huge multinational company cool and she's sitting down and having all these you know uh what do they call them like assessment conversations with their with their team and like then doing raises and stuff like that reviews thank yeah. you thank yeah. you reviews and money and um you know i was thinking about i don't know if you know chris who chris voss is but chris oh, yeah. is wrote, wrote yeah never, never split the difference and anyway, they, they had to say some bad news to these folks. And I'm just like, if you beat them, beat them to the bad news. Like, hey, this is going to be a really tough conversation. And I don't even like having this conversation. I think this is going to go. I think this is going to be really hard. You might not like me. You might not stay here. That takes balls to say that instead of having kind of the what's the best. What's like the best version of a crappy conversation can yeah. we have? Or can we have the real bad news up front? And they feel your honesty. They feel your presence. And I can say all that in the context of commitment to them and commitment to the future. Yeah. I, so I can, I can leader, tell you that was one of the most painful things of leading teams years ago in the corporate space was I, I, my, my mentor told me like, you're going to, the worst part of this job is firing people, letting them go. Yep. But if yep. anything, he's like, here, you got to flip the switch. He's like, you're helping them find where they're meant to go, where they're going to go right. next. They have to take that. Right. They're not fitting. It's not going to work. Hopefully they make their own decision to leave, but it's like, yeah, if they're not clicking and they're not willing to grow, help them on their way. That's because right. Because you're only going to help them get to someplace happier, hopefully one day. Hopefully. That's right. So that's right. Uh, well, listen, I want to give you a proper uh, time to get uh, pass on. I know you got to move to the top of the hour. Um, we've been dropping bombs today, man. I, like I said, I, I, I was not worried about quality content and having a great conversation with you. Uh, but on that note, because of your very diverse background, unlike myself, I love to have my guest co-host leave behind some words. And over the years, it's become actually, I've changed it. Now I'm actually referencing it as a legacy. And mm. I've realized as I've matured, I'll be 46 this year, and I've done a lot. And I said, you know, what is the legacy we're leaving behind in this world? So now I decided mm -hmm. to incorporate that into the show as a guest co-host. I mean, what is the legacy message you want to leave behind for the audience? Yeah. Well, that's a I love it. I love it. We talk about legacy a ton. Um, and I think about it, especially as a dad. That's mostly where I think about being a legacy. We got four kids between me and my wife. And um, I think about this a bunch. So, I mean, my legacy is always like 
go be all in and be all here. That's what I think about. Like my commitment level is, uh, I'll just compete with anybody at my commitment level. Like I am, you can't, I, I want to be the guy, you know, we'll see results wise, but you can't outwork me. You can't out presence me. You can't out grit me. Like, let's just go. I'm going to be all in. And I love competition. I love finding the edge of myself. I love all that. Mm -hmm. And at the same moment, I want to be all here, all present for it. Right. So, so being, especially with my young kids talking about the deep complexities of life, like I have, I, I do X, Y, Z. Now things seem to, things seem to come easier for me now, blah, blah, blah. But it's not always been like that, nor will it always be like that. So like really sharing the struggle in life, yep. um, the, as a part of it. And there's joy in that. Like if you struggle well, like aiming at some meaning struggle will come up actually faster than if you're not aiming at anything. If I aim at something, difficulties will come faster mm -hmm. and that's hard. And all my insecurities, they're not going away. They're, they're going to be here at some level. They're going to be here. And so I want to be able to talk about those talk about, I mean, even with, with my nine-year-old, when we we're out on the golf course, I, I just said, Hey, how am I doing as a dad? Wow. You know, and my dad never asked me that question. My dad's a lovely guy. I don't think he ever, <laughs> no, how am I doing as a dad? And I don't want that answer. <laughs> you know, a part of me is like, oh shit, I can't be. I mean, I don't, what might he say? Yeah. But summing you know, up those do, amazing words, I was like, I, my, I came, my mentor popped in my head. He said, be here now. Yeah. Be in the moment. Yep. Well said. Awesome. Good to be with you, Scott. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. Adrian, I know you got to get at the top of the hour. Uh, do you have a second hang type off the air or are you going right in the next meeting? I got to jump. All I right, got brother. a team waiting for me. I'll close it out. Thank you for attending today. We'll be in touch. So, ladies Down. and gentlemen, Adrian rocked the mic for you guys today. Again, leadership coach. Check out takenewground.com. And remember, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. Adrian helped us do that today. So, thanks for tuning in. And remember, you too could live the fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon.